0: Welcome to the Health Form Zanzi podcast, where we delve into the extraordinary stories of individuals whose childhood passions have seamlessly woven into the fabric of their life's work. Today, we embark on an inspiring journey with Daryl Adams, an ambulance practitioner whose deep-rooted fascination with emergency response vehicles as a child paved the way for a career dedicated to saving lives. Darrell Adams's unwavering dedication to his role as an ambulance practitioner embodies the essence of unpredictability and adaptability. His childhood curiosity has evolved into a life where each day unfolds like a lucky packet filled with new challenges and unforeseen emergencies. He works in the community where he grew up in Paul in the Western Cape. He really embodies a personal touch intimately understanding the needs and nuances of the people he serves. Daryl Adams, it's an absolute pleasure to have you with me on this Powerful Zanzi podcast. We're sitting in an ambulance. It's really great to be in your workspace. Welcome to the podcast.
1: Thank you, Dawn. It's an absolute pleasure for me to be here, and I'm looking forward to it.
0: So let's talk more about your early childhood experiences and what initially drew you to the profession of being in the healthcare sector as a medical professional.
1: So this started like a long time ago when I was a young boy, I remember when there's accidents happening close to my house and I would I would listen and I said to myself, listen yeah, I can hear these sirens on its way, I don't know where. And then something maybe it just happened in the main road, there's an accident and then uh, lights, the sirens. Uh, the thing that attracted me the most was the red lights of the ambulance and that was where everything started.
0: You're a um, ambulance
1: practitioner. What does day-to-day work life actually entail for you? The nice thing about this work is like something like in a lucky packet. When you open a lucky packet you don't know what you're going to receive. So I can't say like eight o'clock I'm going to have coffee, ten o'clock I'm going to have this. Two o'clock is lunch. So every day is different and you take it as it comes. So I can't actually say this is going to happen, this is going to happen. And what you see is what you get. So I think that's the most important.
0: You obviously work in in an area where you grew up in. So you know this community, you're familiar with spaces, the people, the areas. So it must feel more like home to you in the surrounding areas, doesn't it?
1: Whenever I drive into the community, when there's a call or something... The people will always shout my name. Hello, Daryl, how are you doing? And that's how people respect me also personally because I have that respect for my community. They show the mutual respect to me. It kind of makes it easier for me to work in the community where I'm from. So they, the, the, the mutual respect is, is something very huge for me. Daryl, could you tell us more about the areas that you guys work in in
0: this district? Where do you work? Do you work on the surrounding farms? How far is your reach in terms of the work that you guys are doing?
1: We get our calls from the control room and our control room is located in Wooster. We are under the kibb Winelands district, so we'll see the radio in my end. Paul and Stellenbosch runs on one radio channel. The area is quite big. Our area that we service is from uh, Simondium to Ermon. And then all the surrounding farms in Wellington, all the farms in Powell. So the area is quite big. Sometimes, yeah, we run with three ambulances and we do our best for the community, but mostly with four ambulances. So we're trying to do and service our community.
0: From what I understand, you had an uncle who was also in the same profession. Can you describe, you know, the impact that your uncle, a seasoned paramedic, had on your career aspirations and how he influenced
1: your path? My uncle was one of the shift leaders in Paul, and he always said to me, "Listen here, you just focus, and, and you just focus on what you want to, to achieve in this in this career." And he always told me, "Listen here, you on your own here at work, you on your own, but but outside you obviously family." The nice thing about him is calm, paramedic, and whenever he is going out on a call. No matter how traumatic the scene is, you will do it like in a calm manner. So that's actually why I look up to him. I had another uncle also in the service, and this is very close to my heart personally also. I lost an uncle in the service. They were on an accident scene, and he was helping the person, in a car just came by and just bumped, and he's not here with us anymore. Um, That I, I always take with me because he said to me when I was nine years old, when he told me, listen here, you are going to do this one day. So yeah, family is very important for me, especially especially in the service. I, and I learned a lot from him. Also mentioned now in this chat and also
0: before to me that you fondly recalled your fascination with the lights and the sirens of the emergency vehicles. And obviously this is what drove you. And having family members that were in this crew already is where you kind of picked up your passion for it. Do you think you could imagine yourself doing anything else?
1: To be honest with you, no, I don't see myself doing something else, although previously I did do something else. But I always said to myself, no, that wasn't where I want to. And then I said to myself, I need to be on the road, I need to be in my community, I need to help people. I, I don't see myself doing something else.
0: In 2014, you faced a life altering accident. Can you take us through that experience? and how it prompted you to reconsider your
1: career. We actually transported a patient from Paul to Tigerberg, And as we approached Tigerberg, I remember I was sitting at the back with the patient. The next thing I just heard was bang on the side. And the step where that step is, in the new ambulances, the step is a little bit higher, but the other ambulances, the step is quite low, and my foot was in there. And I remember that bump, but I didn't realize my foot stuck there. First thing was to short out the person. the person was fine. But then I realized, whoop, your leg is stuck. And it was very, very traumatic because I said to myself, listen here, this career started for me like this. And they normally say, yeah, if something starts like this, it's not going to end now. <laughs> but I focused and the one thing that I've learned from that is, no matter the circumstances of your work, I can still say I want to do it. They operated me. I went for surgery. They put in um, five screws in a metal plate, which I still have in today. Today's doesn't currently affect me so badly because after the surgery, everything just went well. But that was a time in my life where I thought, yo, I don't know if I'm going to be able to work again because they said there's certain sports that I can't do. And I was thinking, hey, what about my work? What about my work? But luckily prayers pulled me through and I believed and I said to myself, no, I'm going to be all right. I was at home for four months. 24, and I was just appointed as an intern. Mm-hmm. And then that happened where I was involved in the accident. Luckily, I'm still here now mm-hmm. and I'm doing it with the biggest passion. You can see that definitely,
0: Daryl. It's so amazing to kind of go through people's journeys and realize that things will happen along the way. But perseverance is key and to be resilient is really important. And much respect and love to you for that. Your faith and trust in God obviously played a very significant role in your journey to date. Could you elaborate how your spirit guided you during this challenging time?
1: Yeah, the one thing that I learned from my parents actually is the most important key is to pray. And because my mother always taught me, you're going to leave the house now. You're not sure if you're going to come back to your family. <laughs> so the, the thing that you must remember is you need to pray. And what I normally do is every morning when I leave my house, I pray. Because I don't know if I'm going to come back. And especially when I'm working night shift, also. I believe that this is something that I need to do. I have to pray. And I still do it in my work also, especially when I have a transfer from Paul to Tigerberg, Anything can happen along the road also. I normally, I have a necklace around my neck with a Jesus cross or when I drive on the end, when I normally kiss my necklace and say, God, just protect me, take me to Tigerberg and bring me back safely.
0: So you mentioned your appointment as a, and obviously this was when you had just started out and you've progressed now since that point. How did that opportunity come about? And what were your initial feelings
1: when you embarked on this new path? In 2014, I started as an intern, which was quite exciting because it's my first time being be in the service, to drive an ambulance, to go out to calls, to respond with the lights and sirens. And in 2016, I was appointed permanent and I went for an interview and I haven't received any feedback. And you know, normally they say, When you don't hear from the people within one month, you're not going to make it. (laughs) I remember Mr. Williams called me, he's our acting officer, and he called me to say, listen here, I remember I was sleeping that morning and he didn't pick up my phone, and he told me, I remember the WhatsApp, uh, Redis follow, seems that you don't want the good news. And I was like, what? And I was immediately calling him, Because he called me and I didn't pick up my phone. And the moment I called him back, he said to me, yeah, you've been appointed permanently. And that moment was just for me, it's like, wow, now reality. Now uh, things is going to begin for me. Now I'm going to see much more exciting stuff and I'm going to explore this journey. But it was a really exciting time in my life, yes.
0: Now, since becoming um, an ambience practitioner, how has your perspective of the profession evolved? Because you've obviously been on the journey now for a while. And then tell us about what was the most rewarding aspects of your work.
1: I'm qualified now as an ambulance practitioner for 10 years. And the thing I love about this work is what's rewarding for me is a simple thank you from our community. Because let's be honest, we don't get credit for what we do. But the most fascinating moment for me is when people just say, listen here, thank you for what you do thank you for what you mean for the community and thank you for always being there for us and also the other exciting moment is doing my first delivery in an ambulance where baby was born and the mother named the baby after me it was a boy that's actually exciting times so that's the stuff that i will always take with me
0: i think that's so beautiful daryl i was just about to ask you you know about one of your most memorable experiences, and that definitely sounds like one. But tell us more about you know just how you engage with the community. It's so central to your career and this journey that
1: the past few years. If I'm in the community, I don't pull rank on the community because when you're gonna do that in terms of you're gonna keep you the high and mighty ambulance person, then you're totally gonna lose it in the community. The key for me is. I go down onto my people's level and I talk to them in their way of talking because especially when there's medical terminology, if you're going to talk to people in a medical way, they're not going to understand because not all of us are medically trained. But if I say something where they can understand it, they will understand it better. When I go into my community, I just make sure that I engage with the people. I greet the people. I ask them, how was your day? you interact with the people and that's what's actually making it worthwhile
0: for me i'm lucky i know this community as well because this is where i live and grew up also my childhood so i think just from knowing you and engaging with you i can get a sense of that thank you so much for sharing that compassion really appears to be a really crucial quality in your role as a healthcare professional how do you maintain and nurture this compassion in your daily
1: work Whenever you work on the ambulance, we kind of living an unhealthy lifestyle, to say, because we don't get to have tea, we don't have lunch, but just grab as you go. So I think this is really a challenging time for me because at the end of the day, my mother always used to say, "Yeah, you must eat healthy, you must you must do exercises, and, and I practice that at home. But whenever you're at work, sometimes there's 12 hours of goes by and then you didn't even have lunch or you live on water the whole day, which is okay. But yeah, that's how it works.
0: Obviously what you guys see day to day can be very traumatic. What do you do to kind of come down from there, to relax, to have fun outside of your work experience?
1: I'm actually involved at the local radio station where I DJ and whenever I'm in studio, I do stand in presenting mostly three hour shows. If I'm in studio, that's my kind of happy place, my happy space was I can feel, the I can just be myself, I can make a loud noise when I'm in <laughs> studio, I can play the music loudly. That's my venting space, so to say. The other thing is when I engage to people, when I can talk to people, who <clears throat> understand what we're going through. But mostly, I do radio, and that's my happy space. Yes. Oh,
0: I love it. I was just about to ask you what your favourite song was. Can you tell me off the top of your head?
1: My favourite song... I like that song of Jason Derulo. take you. Dancing.
0: Now, looking ahead, what are your aspirations and goals as an ambulance practitioner? How do you
1: plan to continue to make a difference in your community? Also, just in terms of your, career? there is plans in the future to go study further. But the other thing is also to to stay the humble person in my community, because people will pop me a WhatsApp. I'm one of those ambulance practitioners where I. I don't mind when someone popped me a WhatsApp and just asked me, listen here, yeah, my mother is not feeling well. Don't you wanna come have a look? Can't you organize an ambulance for us? So that's the stuff that makes me want to do this work on a daily basis. People ask me, especially when I'm off, people will send me a message to say, Are they sick? Don't you want to just come have a look? That's the exciting times for me, where other people maybe don't like it when they, people intervene in the private space. But for me, it's like I'm an ambulance practitioner in work and outside of my work. Um, any other messages you'd like to share to your fellow colleagues in the healthcare
0: sector? This is a very demanding job. And knowing, you know, thinking of yourself is obviously very important. Would you say to your colleagues
1: well what i can say to my colleagues is the golden rule always is to remember that your safety comes first no matter the situation out out there your safety comes first because if you're gonna step into something and something is going to happen to you then gonna help you at the end of the day so my message to, to our fellow workers will be look after yourself stay safe enjoy what you do and everything will work out one day no matter where you come from I always say I grew up in 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 Paul East and you can accomplish anything if you put your mind to it and always just keep loving what you do if you have that passion for your work nothing can come between that we also go out in the community so if the people want us to come and demonstrate some first aid courses to them or some rescue equipment to show them how it works especially the schools the youth They can just make contact with us, um, just send our manager uh, email and even church groups if they want us to come and have a chat with the youth or to the school. We do awareness also, as you can see, as uh, we're also very big on our cancer because we also lose fellow colleagues due to cancer. You can see it's Breast Cancer Awareness Month where we um, decorate the ambulance. We're also proactive in the community, not only due to work, but also to do awareness and to explain to the people what we're doing and if we can teach someone to save a life, by all means. And then in terms of practitioners, is this a career
0: that you would encourage more people to step into to be able to better serve this community?
1: Yes, definitely, because I believe if we can have more upcoming paramedics in our service, we're gonna do amazing stuff in this community. I believe there's always a career here by EMS. So I want to encourage the the young people, school leavers, when you when you leave school, when you go out of school, matric, and you want to go study further, think about how you can be a benefit in the service. Yeah, the the training we do is two years, four years, but that goes so quick. At the end of the day, when when you go grow, uh, grow older, you will see oh, where where did everything start for you? So I would really encourage people, especially the young ones, to, to consider a career as a paramedic.
0: And then just last comment, I didn't even ask about your family. Tell us more about your family and home life.
1: Okay, so my father and my mother, they're still alive. My father was a favorite radio presenter. where he was like involved in, in the radio station for about 25 years. My mother is currently at home. And then um, I have two older brothers and then I have my beautiful son, eight-year-old. He also motivates me and say, Dara, what interesting calls did you have? Dara, tell me about the calls. Mm-hmm. So I can see there's a, a future paramedical. Also.
0: That was so much. And then just final message from your side, Daryl, Um, just as we wrap up the conversation. Yeah, so the
1: final message is, um, I just want to ask the community to, whenever there's an ambulance in the area, ask where you can assist uh, can we help you with something? The same as us. If we see someone along the road that's not feeling well, then they need assistance. I want the community to really work hand-in-hand with us and also to protect us when we're entering dangerous areas. We have our, we call it our red zones. So there's an area um, in Paul East Chicago that's our, our red zone. So what happens is, you will see here on this MBT also, they will say the red zone is Chicago, so whenever there's a red zone, you have to go via the at that is Paul East Police Station. Then we need to go to police for escort. If other areas like Groeneville, Amsterdam, Magnolia, if there's stone throwing in the area or shots fired, um, we're also obligated to go via the ships for our safety.
0: Daryl Adams's remarkable journey is a testament to the fusion of childhood wonder, dedication and the unwavering commitment to making a positive impact in the lives of others. Thank you so much once again for sharing your story of resilience, faith and unwavering pursuit of saving lives, one emergency call at a time. And that's a wrap. I can't wait to share more incredible Mzanzi Health hero stories with you weekly. From me Do Numdu, our technical producer Megan fund defense, and the rest of the hashtag TeamFoodFormzanzi. Bye for now.